All right. Welcome back to Dime Boxing with Delco. This is episode 14. I'm joined uh, Wednesday night. Uh, how you doing, Dimes? Pretty hype here. We got episode 14. A lot of good feedback coming in lately. Um, some big news on this episode. We, uh, as a podcast, we sent Delco out to uh, the Mint Collective show in Vegas. So tell me what, uh, what info you collected out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, so went to Mint Collective really is like an industry summit for the entire hobby. Um, pretty wild, like kind of inside intel is this like uh, event was created by a company that has nothing to do with cards and actually identified the hobby, if you will, as needing like an industry summit, an event that really wasn't about commerce, but was about companies meeting and networking and content creators all meeting in one place. And uh, they really friggin' nailed it. I mean, it wasn't the most organized event, but I will say, like, as somebody that has a job where I'm in sales and like I have to go talk to people that are in this industry, it was it was very easy to talk to everybody because the pressure was down on like the sales side, and there wasn't as many like, you know, frankly, like kids or like retail audience at the show like to compete for attention and stuff like that. So. It was a really great show. Uh, one of the highlights, I met Earl Campbell uh, and, uh, you know, we kind of did a business deal with a mutual uh, business acquaintance of Earl's and we got to like basically hang out with him. He paid for our lunch in a hotel room. Uh, he basically, Earl Campbell ordered me a room service hamburger and uh, and he was really cool. And he started telling us stories about like Ronnie Lott and Franco Harris, and like all these old NFL war stories. And if you don't really understand the significance of Earl Campbell, he was one of uh, the 10 people in the history of the NFL to win the Heisman, or the history of football, to win the Heisman Trophy, and also be inducted to the NFL uh, Hall of Fame. So uh, he's a legend, and uh, that was really cool. Uh, And the show itself was awesome. I got to do a ton of like cool collabs with like different content creators and um, yeah, it was really good for, for, for my company and everything like that. And I had a lot of fun. Um, and I, uh, I even sold, uh, I did a deal and got rid of, uh, my maxi true NT, um, and I traded down for some cash and, uh, that Jalen hurts one of one, uh, and that, you know, with the inscription go birds, um, uh, from encased. So that was kind of cool. Even did a big kind of deal. Um, and downsize my maxi collection just a little bit um, and hedge my bet with, a, I think, a safer play and the best quarterback in the NFC. So, yeah, that's my uh, my rundown of Vegas. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm glad you got out of the maxi because, like you said, I mean, to get less invested in, in him, I think, is a little better. Now's a good time to sell, right? He's hot. Sixers are hot. And Bede's definitely the MVP now. Um, you know, I think maxi stuff in general is trending up. So to get rid of that, is good because you never know. I think a lot of Maxi's value comes from him being a sixer. I mean, in the off season, all it takes is, you know, one trade. He could be somewhere, maybe not be so relevant. So I think getting out of Maxi, but it could go the other way. Like Harding could go somewhere and then Maxi could become like the superstar who's running with Embiid, which he kind of already is, but maybe a lot more so that. But um, yeah, that that sounds. It, how much did you know about the BGS catastrophe when you were out yeah. there? Like, how did you see that? So yeah, we heard the rumor that 
it was going to change. And uh, my buddy Dave and I actually went to go spy on their booth because we were one of the first people there. So we go over to the Beckett booth and they had it all tarped off um, and like complete and actual security people like were near the Beckett booth, like watching it to make sure that, you know, no one went and like peeked behind it because they were trying to keep wraps of like this change is, was coming. Um, so when it happened, like everyone was kind of reacting to it. Uh, and then uh, we had heard that it flipped back and, you know, Dave went and caught it and we like he ran over there and he's actually like he got the kind of scoop there. So it was good. But um, I just to, to, to be honest with you, like throw the uh, the actual like technical like opinion about the grade and uh, a, the grading scale. Like who cares about that? But the way that they acted as a business was so piss poor to flip-flop uh, after like some Instagram uh, comments, they actually did like surveys with people like Black Jaded Wolf. I know I asked her that. She told me that directly, that she was on a focus group before this announcement and she was in favor of the change. And like, and so so they did research. They, they pulled the hobby and they felt like when they made this change that the heat was too, it was the, the sun, they got too close to the sun and they literally flip-flopped. And I just think it looks makes them look more weak than if they just would have stuck to their guns and made the change. Uh, but what was yeah. your reaction? I bet I think you'll have more opinion on the grading scale move um and what they what you know what they should have done or should do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big BGS guy in general, right? I've probably <laughs> sent less than 20 cards there my whole life. But I think where it concerns me is if somebody has spent a certain amount of money on, a, let's say, a min gem, right? It's still a BGS 9.5. They still paid a BGS 9.5 price. They paid a gem mint price. Now, the value of that going forward, it, it can't really stay as a gem mint price because now there's a different gem mint, you know, especially, and I think that's where things get a little bit funky. Like, like if PSA came out and let's say, they don't, they can't do a black label because BGS already does that. They can't do, a gold label because SGC does that, but let's say they do like a red label and that's like if it's a pristine 10. Like to me, I'm like, uh, you can't do that. You know, I, I think to change it now when there's so much money already invested in the secondary, I'm not even talking about people sending it into them. I'm talking about the person who buys, a, you know, a Michael Jordan 86 Fleer as a Min Gem BGS 9.5. And then someone comes in and they have uh, a min gem at uh, the same subgrades, but now it's not a gem min. And now does the price of the gem min have to go there? Like to me, that's where the main concern is. But it's interesting. You said that they had it covered with the tarp, like it was a big secret. But then after they announced it, their excuse for going back was like, we just didn't know how you guys would react. And it's like, yeah, when you pull a few people and keep it a complete secret, like guarded with security type of secret, it's really tough to know how people are going to react. Like, you know, so I think that's interesting that they said after they're like, oh, now that we see it, yeah, they probably pulled a small, small number of people who they view as very high up and very experienced, but kept it a massive secret. I think they were trying to make a splash and you just can't really play with stuff like that because of the money 
that's already invested in my opinion some people could think that it's great well, i think that's a great point because the like i actually am in that was in that situation i still am like uh so i have my gold maxi is a bgs 95 min gem so when this news broke i know i was like dan like i might have lost like 30 percent or 40 percent on that card like min gems now are basically worse than psa nines like if if this were to go forward so uh yeah i I was in that position i i i don't know that you can't change i i i think that's why they didn't and i i'm sure that's why there was a ton of backlash and i bet you there was some really powerful people that were in my situation but worse like you said like a like a like an 86 fleer or or even higher there's i mean there's shit there's much higher um think about somebody like that has like uh you know big bowman chromes like you know trouts or uh you know huge bowman chromes that are going for half a million dollars like volpes and reds and otani reds and all those uh, bowman's like the key product for all of that and has been for years i think a good point you made is about like yeah like uh how many cards how many grades can you put out before you change your scale like Beckett's been around and was like the dominant industry leader at some point. So yeah, like I I think you I think that's a good point that there was just maybe too many cards in the market and too many existing grades for people to like actually comprehend like a new way that Beckett does it. But I still think they I don't think this was their problem. And I think that like they thought that this was the thing to do is the a problem. And uh I think their problem is technology and what it feels like to submit to them uh, versus PSA, because PSA is just a clean, crisp experience, and it's it has a lot of trust, um, and it's easy to do yourself. And Beckett, it, like, it does not feel like that. It's like, you know, kind of a pray and put, put a form, put a piece of paper in the mail and just hope that some guy gets it in Texas. Yeah, I, I think they've crossed so many people people the wrong way with like customer service complaints like I remember like being at a show and like complaining talking to a group of people standing there talking complaining about PSA taking too long this was like a couple years ago when you know they had the huge backlog and this guy like freaked out and was just like told this sob story about BGS having like his Albert Pujols rookie refractor for like five years somehow and like the dude was like a mess and I was like oh that does sound a lot worse and like I feel like you come across people like that so much who like have some insane stories about BGS like PSA just took way way too long and was unfair with the upcharges BGS has legitimately had some major mistakes and like really pissed some people off to the point that I mean they've been trending downwards I remember when a BGS 9.5 was seen as better than a PSA 10 with a lot of cards there's people who have cracked BGS 9586 clear Jordans to try to get PSA 10s there's people who've cracked those and, and or, or sorry who've cracked P, the other way around who've cracked PSA 10s to try to get BGS 9.5 because there was a time that a 9.5 sold for a lot more and now that that gap is so wide now between like nine fives and PSA tens. And I think a lot of the reason is because of inconsistency. Like Beckett has been known to grade trimmed and altered cards more than any other company. Like I think Beckett just has a lot of questionable issues. You hear old stories about them, like taking money to give grades and, and stuff like that. And, and I won't go any more specific there, but like 
I, I think they have so many question marks there. Maybe they were just trying to stir the pot, but I, I think it's a horrible idea. I'm glad that they kind of got it shoved back in their face. Well, good transition because I got to meet uh, SGC Pete this weekend. Very nice guy. Gave him my uh, my demo of Car Dealer Pro, so he listened intently. Uh, and uh, but yeah, so I and I'll go into uh, there's a reason I'm breaking that up. Like I've noticed. Uh, well, one piece of news, Fanatics, SEC, and Layton Sports Cards, which is uh, one of the biggest breakers in the industry, are doing a special for 2023 Bowman Baseball, um, where basically they're going to they're going to break it early. And uh, I think this is something Fanatics is going to take advantage of more and more and more um, being the breaker uh, and the manufacturer uh and you know multiple other things the one that sells you the card etc so watch out for that but i also want to just point out like sgc seems to be really plugged into the hobby and making a lot of key partnerships with fanatics um fanatics probably going after them because they can freaking deliver like they're executing on everything they try to do and all you ever hear about is uh i sent my cards on monday and i got I got them back in the mail, you know, uh, Friday or like whatever. You know, people have these crazy SGC stories of how quickly the service kind of delivers. And uh, I, I think this is like BGS makes a mistake. SGC is right there, just known to deliver. They're making key partnerships. Like, you know, I, I think SGC is the way to go. And I think that SGC is going to end up overtaking BGS in time in, in, in due time for price. Uh, it's already known as a really acceptable vintage option. And it's, I think it's growing in acceptance for baseball in general, just all modern baseball. So it's all like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, baseball is the tried and true. That's the foot in the door. Um, and when tops takes over the NBA license, right. They like, uh, you know, they announced yesterday that, that in 2023, 24, uh, tops will be taking over the basketball, they'll, you know, basketball products. Fanatics will be using the tops brand that was announced by Shams yesterday. So like, uh, I feel like, you know, these are, you know, Fanatics already has that relationship with SGC. It's not too long until you start to see like basketball grading deals and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I think the writing's on the wall for SGC to become number two in the market and uh and really kind of dominate um execute and execution wise and kind of take that next step well that i'll tell you what the real test for them would be if they did like a prison basketball grading special and to see if that turnaround could still be like a week because they will get flooded i mean the the flippers and the graders will go nuts if they bring that to basketball but I, I think SGCP is really cool. I, I like watching his videos whenever he makes an announcement. And I like how he puts a face to the announcement. It, it usually does a nice job with the videos. Um, just seems like a very easy, reachable company, to be honest with you, where some of the other grading companies seem untouchable. Maybe, you know, they feel that way. I didn't see, I didn't, and, you know, I hope Nat Turner is not listening to this, but I didn't see, I didn't see. He might, be. I, he might be, but if he is, I'm sorry. But I did not see him walking the floor mint collectible but um in collective but i did you know literally got to meet sjcp and actually talk to him for like maybe five minutes and give him my whole thing so like 
you know, like you're right about accessibility, uh, you know, like, and he's just a normal guy and a normal collector and very approachable. And um, I don't know. That's cool. It's not like he's like Michael Jackson or something, but it's still cool that, you know, somebody that high up um, is, is walking the floor um, and accessible. It sounds like you met Michael Jackson. Now that you mention it, as soon as you put Michael Jackson in my head, I was like, dude, it sounds like Delco's talking about meeting Michael Jackson. So so I did wanna I did want to point out that once you said that, it was just like, boom, Delco met Michael Jackson in Vegas. Nuts. <laughs> Which would have been, I mean, I, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I'm sure you were on your best behavior, but I bet there were a lot of different types of ways you could have kind of met Michael Jackson out there. But one thing I want to jump to, um, while you were out there in Vegas, I made a pretty big uh, pickup. Um, shout out to Trent at Granite State uh, Sports Cards. I think that's his name. Actually, an interesting way that the deal went down. Somebody posted two Brady patches on their story. I was late in saying, I think I saw them about four hours after posting responded sold to both was willing to pay full price guy told me they had already sold i told him hey do you mind letting me know who you sold them to i'm gonna go offer them more money than you were asking because i genuinely felt that the price on it was amazing so i did that we ended up coming to a deal um i got them their 2015 brady flawless is the out of 20 which is a silver and the gold at a 10 which now i have the the silver, gold, and emerald at a five from that year. And they didn't make ruby in 2015 uh, for the Brady patches. So the only one I still need is the one-on-one. So I actually haven't even double-checked the checklist to see if they're – I should probably do that. But and I'm assuming th- th- these are, like – is this kind of like you putting away, like, you know, like a brick of gold? Is that kind of your your plan and, and investment strategy with the Brady Flawless patches? Yeah, there's something that I flipped in the past. Um, uh, I used to own a 2014 green, had an exquisite maximum 06 patch. I bought a bunch of them uh, maybe like a couple of years. Forget exactly when I bought, but I sold when the Bucks were 4-0 after winning the Super Bowl. So like the end of 2021, I believe, like November and December 2021 and made really well. I mean, what, what I'm buying in now with them, I don't want to get into specifics, but like it, it was a good play in the past. So I see that they're cheap again now. And if they're accessible, I think it's good to pick them up because you never see them on auction. You never see, I mean, the after 2014 and 2015, the only flawless patches that they put in flawless football of Brady are the inserts, the Super Bowl ones. There's no true Brady flawless since then. Um, so, and they're all game used. And so therefore, if you add up the two years, there's less than a hundred true Brady flawless game used patches out there. Now I know there's patch autos, I'm not including that in this. So in my opinion, it's just buying up the rarity of it. Like I picked up a 2014 out of 25 too, that just the grade actually just popped. It got a PSA nine, but trying to get as many of them as possible because I just think they're so rare. You're never gonna see a bunch of those hit auction like that's just never going to happen like i pretty much had to like pry and dig for them when i want to get them yeah i love that man i think that's like it really i it, i think there's something to to be kind of learned there and i think the more time you spend in a hobby you find these things that you appreciate and that you know are rare and when they pop up like 
you have this like gut instinct, like you've been there before, you know how rare they are, you know, you know the market well enough that like these types of things will have their day in the sun. They will have comps in the future that really support growth on your asset. And it's also like, I think once like as time passes, it's like increasingly more obvious what isn't risky and what is like, I think it's like, all right, like this isn't a risky play. Like I know risk when I see it, uh, you know, Trey Lance, that's risk. Like that's real risk. Uh, Brock Purdy. Wow. Tremendous risk. Like this guy can't throw. He might not even start. He was drafted in like the seventh. He's Mr. Irrelevant. Talk about risk. Like Brady patches, game used items. If you just like think about the sales of game used, his game used jerseys in general, um, it's just super coveted and not not something like that they produced a lot of. It's even like regardless of flawless or not, it's not like uh, the mid 2000s or the teens in the 2000s just filled with like a bunch of game used Brady stuff. Um, it's still very rare. So, yeah, I think that's awesome. Though. It's like, uh, you know, kind of putting that stuff aside is going to, you know, it's going to be the stuff that you like make a good money on in the future. And oh, I don't know when, when's going to Brady going to be in the Hall of Fame. That's an obvious bump that's coming in a few years, too. I think in general, the Brady market has room to grow. And I think it I mean, it's all going to depend on how much stuff is printed of him post retirement. So like. To me, a huge test, something that I would love to know is, is he going to be in prison football next year? You know, to me, that sets a huge kind of market for, is are they done? I don't see why, stuff? I wouldn't see why he wouldn't be like, if Brett Favre is in this year's prison, Joe Namath is in this year's prison. Right. Like, they why? put Drew, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, that's what, I, I mean, but like, there are situations I feel where if a guy like him is so great, maybe he does get pulled out of there. Maybe, you know, he gets some type of weird, ex you know, exclusive deal. I, I don't know, but I, I hope they stop printing it. But in general, I don't think we're going to see like true game use flawless patches of him made. I mean, in flawless football, there's only a few guys who were game use this past year, a few select guys that they made game use. They don't even really make game use patches in flawless football anymore because in football there's so many less jerseys, this and that. But like I feel like they're not gonna just start making like flawless Brady. You know, it'd be interesting to see if they do a Bucks version of that. To me, the Patriots one would hold more weight. But like I, I feel like that's just such a small market. I think I did the math. There's 86 of them between the two years. So when you think about that, like these barely come up. And like Jordan, you know. I think Jordan has appreciated since he's done playing. He had that moment where people realize his stuff's really rare, underpriced. Maybe Brady with some of the rare stuff like Fall is Exquisite NT, that can kind of happen. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, th I think I think that can happen for sure. Um, I was thinking like kind of going back to the the Shams thing where basketball is going to be tops, like and that's kind of confirmed that 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 Fanatics has come out and said that. Um, you know, it makes me feel really good about like my recent obsession with Topps Chrome refractors and also my recent obsession and also buying like a Topps Chrome hobby box um, in basketball. I think I'm going to double down on that and just lean into the fact that I think that it's going to be more understood 
how rare refractors were in the 90s uh, boxes before numbered cards. Numbered cards, I think, are introduced in the 2000-2001 set. Um, and prior to that, the refractors were just like two or three per hobby. And that's all you were chasing. No, in, uh, no pack autos. And I think like it's not really understood how rare that is. But when new Topps Chrome comes out and there's all these colors and autos and stuff and you're like man i couldn't get any of this back then i think it's going to be more understood and i also think the brand itself is going to be a little bit better um and more realized so i'm gonna i, I like those cards and i think i'm just going to keep going on that collecting journey especially now that they're leaning into it as i i've always kind of predicted that they would go with tops current basketball i just hope they print less i think that's what killed prison basketball towards the end of panini's run here like what killed it was prim when you had true rare silvers in early prism, like look at even now with the bead blowing up, look how rare it is to find true in bead silvers. Like if prism would have stayed that way, the market for it would have been unbelievable. Even if it increased in a reasonable matter, it just, it's going to be just like never baseball though. Like it's, you know, if you look at tops career in baseball, what's coveted, it's, it's going to follow. I think it's going to follow that same path. I mean, you're going to lose a little bit of that, like, unless they make the refractors cool again, like the 90s, I think you're going to lose the, like, the just non-auto card being, a non-auto, non-numbered card really having any value. Like, it's going to be hard to keep, keep that up. Like, I don't know. It, I, I think that there's always going to still be some type of market. I, I think... One thing to me that's alarming, I don't like the not numbered, super short print case hit type of stuff. Because to me, down the line, you know, in like 20 years, nobody's going to be like, oh, you're whatever, first on the moon, whatever these freaking case hits are called, downtown uh, Kaboom. What about like white stuff. sparkle? Like, what about like a prism white sparkle? Do you like that? Not a fan down the line. I mean, sure, they're cool to have now, but to me, they're not stuff to hold because that's another thing. You know, how are you going to explain? I, that's what concerns me about, like, current Prism. I, if Fanatics can come in and fix that and somehow limit the colors and all that, that would be amazing. It's good. I mean, yeah, like, I think I think the Tops, the Tops brand does a good job of that. It, that's what it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be blue, green. They have gold shimmer, green shimmer. They got all the shimmers in baseball and top current baseball. So um, I'm curious, like I, but I, I imagine it's going to be pretty similar. I don't know. Exciting to see. I'm excited for it. What did you think about, like, I know I, I've been kind of doing this a little bit, but I haven't bought up a ton, but have you been buying prison football singles and trying to play like a grading game recently? I know that's usually new releases usually get dimes, uh, trigger fingers warm on eBay. You know what they do? I don't know. Maybe I'm just too early. I think stuff's been ending higher than I thought it would. Yeah, I've right? been able yeah. to get, I've been able to get Brady numbered stuff. I've been, you know, I got some purples. I got uh, some blues. I got some uh, purple. Are you, so are you, is that like a, you're going after like last playing year Brady? Is that kind of the idea? It kind of is. Some of it is just, this is when the clean stuff is going to hit eBay, but it doesn't hurt that it's also his last playing year. I felt less 
bullish on that recently just by thinking, oh, well, they put Peyton Manning in there, they put Drew Brees. What difference is it going to make, you know, now? I, I just think it, it's going to be nice to have 10. Also, note there. that it's like, but like, you know, what's crazy is like the gold Peyton Manning from like this year, like, mm-hmm. is worth something. Like, that's oh, it's still- worth a ton. Yeah, it's like worth a lot. Like it's probably worth like a grand. Like you know, something stupid. Like it's it's funny that like those kind of co- it's like you know, but you know maybe the red prism's only worth like a dollar. But like you know, but randomly the gold will be worth a grand. It's like the tried and true still from prism is still holding such a crazy premium. I love blue ice. That's like my thing. Like. Yeah, I love getting stars, blue ice, Mahomes, Hurts, anyone, even Peyton Manning post. It's so liquid. Everyone likes those cards. They're they're awesome. Yeah, yeah. They're they're awesome to have. I I like them a lot. I've been looking at a lot of those. I think maybe the sweet spot will be in a couple weeks once some more retail stuff comes out and everyone's just holding a ton of it. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to ripping a box if I got it at a good price. I know, right? It's actually like it's only. I mean, it's I I I ripped the year prior for a double, so it's only six fifty, you know. So like I ripped it the other one at like twelve hundred or something, and it was terrible. So last year was a horrible. I remember seeing so many people get smoked. I mean, I, I wonder. I think last year they didn't put any numbered cards in the retail. I wonder if that'll be the same this year. That was. I think it's it's always I, like that. Yeah, that's how Prism works in right now for football. Um, I know for, for basketball, basketball not, right? no basketball there's numbered in retail there's the green pulsars out of 25 and the blasters there's the uh, purple yeah. pulsar out of 42 in the 24 pack but I, I, to me it's that's very just like, limited very limited yeah. though like yeah like it's not like i don't know like in top in like baseball cards like you actually do get numbered cards like when you open retail like but this prism it's like a it's probably making like a case hit one numbered card in the whole case like pack of 24 blasters like that's a tough uh tough sell but yeah I, w- w- our boy Koch who uh friend of the program probably need to have my our guy on at some point yeah um I was thinking he I saw him kind of picking up some Malik Willis uh I you know I've, I've heard some chatter um on another podcast uh sold too early pod uh talk about Desmond Ritter a good bit um and you know it's kind of interesting these guys like is it almost like you can just play make these plays by default from now into the national and grab like any quarterback that's like basically any quarterback that has a chance to start or has a potential future and then just flip them like I wonder if that's just the strategy right now and like an easy play because I've seen that play out every year since I've been kind of doing this like for like three or four straight years. I think it not only is, is that a strategy, but you don't, you haven't had the draft yet. And, you know, if somebody picks up a wide receiver that people really like, and they're starting to speculate, Oh, that's a true number one receiver. Oh, he hasn't had a receiver like that yet. Or now he has two solid receivers for the first time that makes prices go up too. That makes the hype go up. So and you still have some chips to fall in free agency, some trades maybe to be made, maybe some draft night trades. So, like, I, I think you still have opportunities for guys to get more targets, and that just makes numbers go up like crazy sometimes. Like, yeah. Trevor Lawrence can get one or two good weapons this offseason. It's all you're going to hear at the Nationals. Same with Justin Fields, you know. Those guys, 
it will go up to the national. And then you just have to make sure you sell before the season starts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think we talked about this. I saw Roth was picked up the, uh, the, the, the fields, uh, logo, man. That's such a wild card. Like I, I, I can't, ima- I can't like, I feel like the pressure to, if you own one of those, but not like you pulled it, like, but you, you picked it up to flip like the pressure to move that in cash would be really high. Like imagine if you just had like 80 grand or, you know, something like that in a card and like you're walking around, like, you know, trying to get somebody to pay you out for that card. Like, and if they don't, you know, you're, you're riding into the season or riding in one more week. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I could stomach that (laughs) at least at my current financial status. Especially with a guy, the guy who might not even be a starting quarterback. You could, I mean, all it takes is one BS trade and he's, he's a backup somewhere. I mean, Fields, Fields is definitely a starter though. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I got, I got confused. I thought you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it was Fields. No, Fields, Fields with the, if I did, but it's Fields, it's the Fields uh, flawless shield RPA uh, one-on-one. Like that's what he, that's what he picked up. So, you know, just a massive car. This is a little bit ago, but I was just kind of thinking about it, like thinking about how he seems like he's making some big splashy moves for quarterbacks for the national and like, you know, going there with like your year salary and like trying to find somebody to cash you out. Right. Like that's, that's a lot point. of pressure. Right. And then the next person's going to buy it and they're going to say, well, cause I have to sh- sell it at the national, you know? That, yeah, yeah. 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 That's yes, the somebody somebody is not going to be able to move this at the national like that's what they're i'm trying to tell you smoked. yeah they're somebody gets smoked. People, people who couldn't move their trey lance stuff at the national people who couldn't move their zach wilson stuff they got smoked i mean absolutely killed on that stuff like that's the scary part about it but if you play it right and time it right i mean the hype is just insane everybody walking around will be asking about a certain quarterback whether it's you know, and you'll hear like some names you know some people go Josh Allen Lamar Jackson you know you'll have Mahomes Hurts Burrow everybody the guys who kind of might not be so good Daniel Jones you might like it's it just the quarterback hype is crazy it is and I was like I was like thinking about it. I was just thinking like oh does this happen in other sports is it unique to like what about baseball and I was like, well, the prospect hype is the same. You know, it's earlier, but, you know, people were spending on money on Volpe's cards two years ago. Uh, you know, Dominguez, like people spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on Dominguez cards. Still never, you know, never hit took a swing for the Yankees yet. Um, insane. So, there, you know, like it happens in other sports. I don't know. I was thinking this, like, because the football hype is so new. Like, is there a time when, uh, when this actually like people kind of really do grow old to like the way this goes and like they kind of change, whether it's maybe quarterbacks aren't everything anymore or like maybe we, they, people learn and, you know, people don't prop up Josh Allen before he does anything or is this always going to be like that? It's like, I'm just curious of that because the football market is very young as like compared to 
the baseball market and it's not mature and there isn't classic sets really like I feel like it's it's in its like heyday now I think something that you could compare it to is like the prism silver basketball rookie young player whether second year third year all that hype because the market eventually ended up learning that that is just a way to throw away money and you even saw this before the boom is really, you know, I saw this 2018, 2019, a guy would have a huge game, like Devontae Graham went on that crazy stretch of games. This is before the real card boom. This is in 2019. He went on that crazy stretch. His cards started selling for crazy money. Those people got smoked, you know, and, and you think, and then during the boom, Bull Bull, Darius Baisley, all those guys, their cards were so expensive. Darius Baisley, silver tens were 600 bucks. That's like a $10 card now, maybe not even. So I think people went and, and there you saw people adjust. Now when guys have big stretches of games in basketball, their stuff heats up a little bit, but it's not like Terrence Mann has won 39 point game in the playoffs and his stuff goes up 10,000%. Like right. it, it would, if a guy had a game like that, it would be easier to move his stuff. But I think you're going to see that soon with football where there's still going to be hype, but it's going to be much more tamed and a lot more rare. Some, a lot of people will have learned. You're going to have some people who never learn, of course. But I think it's kind of like that. Like I saw the market really adjust to not getting overhyped about basketball guys having one 30-point game. If they were a young player, their cart market used to go crazy. Maybe you see that with football where people just learn and it cools off. I mean, there's definitely like, you know, uh, Zion case kids that only put money into Herbert in this last year. Like, that's it. They went all in on them <laughs> and lost all their money. Like, don't you think they're going to be like, they got smoked. Like, don't you think they're going to like, yeah, they're definitely going to think twice. Uh, are they going to go all in and you know, just like eat up all the Kenny Pickett's now. Like, is that their, you know, or whoever the next guy that really takes off or like, you know, Fields is like the example. Like, because everyone's going to try to pick like Lawrence and Fields. They're probably the safer ones. And then you're going to have like other tier guys. And I think that Fields, it it scares me the same way I was scared of Jalen in the offseason. And maybe it's a mistake to be scared, but it's not a guarantee that that team's good. They were horrible. Like the Eagles were not horrible the year prior to this. Like they went to the Super Bowl this year. The year prior, they went to the playoffs and lost to the Bucks. <laughs> you know, like I just think that the, the the Bears being if they're not like a playoff team and very good, you all lose money if you invest in uh, field stuff at these prices. I mean, sometimes even if they are good, you can lose based on preseason. I mean, Josh Allen, people got absolutely killed. He didn't have a horrible season. You know, that was one. His prices, some guys' prices just get so high that no matter what they do, unless they literally win Super Bowl MVP, and no matter what they do, they will go down. Like to me, that was Josh Allen last year and Herbert, no matter what they did they would go down. Neither of them played great. So they, really I remember, do you down. remember like this point in Peyton Manning's career? Like when people kind of started saying like, all he can do is either win a Super Bowl or not. Like he's a choke artist and he can't get over the hump. And like, he's a regular season QB and then he did it. And then everyone kind of respected him. I feel like we're kind of witnessing that with like Josh Allen. Uh, 
and he'll I, I I I'm best betting that at some point he does it. Um, but until then, it's kind of like, eh, you know, your football doesn't count until you win the big game, and especially when you have all the tools. Like he's got had a good D, he's had weapons. Like there's really not a lot of excuses for him. It's just kind of like, I get it's really hard, but you either win or you either win and prove everybody right or don't. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The football market's like and, tough. I, I I don't really like it. <laughs> and you got to think with a guy like Josh Allen, it's only going to get harder for him now because the quarterback's been paid, which means that good defenses, good receivers, the linemen, they're now going to have a lot, a lot less money to keep guys like that. Like things are only going to get harder for guys like Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Mahomes, because Hurts, once he gets paid, assuming he will, which he will, you know, once these guys get paid, it only gets harder. They really give that window their first couple of years in the league to kind of pop off and make those deep runs because they could be on a crazy good team. Once they get paid, that changes a lot. Like you see it happen so often, you know. Rodgers made a few deep Super Bowl runs early, even won one, but he hasn't been back. And a lot of the thing is, you know, he doesn't have that much talent around him. And I feel like you see that so much, like things aren't just going to get easier for Josh Allen. They're going to get a lot harder because now soon they're going to have to not pay certain guys because of how much money he's making. Like that inevitably has to happen. The best time for these guys to, look like they're going to be the next Tom Brady is their first few years. I feel like it hits you in the line too. Like, like Hertz is set up for the little interim future, but at some point in his career, like he's going to have a shitty line just like, because we're going to have to pay him 50 million. So when Lane's done and all these other guys are done, like, and their replacements come in and we can't pay everybody real money and you're still paying Jalen. Cause he's only like, at this point, 25 or whatever, like, you know, like you're going to have a really bad O-line and you're lucky to have some weapons um, and a good D to kind of compensate, like, it, you know, at best. So I totally agree, uh, kind of why it's sad the Eagles didn't get it done this year. But I actually thought their, their offseason that Howie's done a good job of uh, giving them another chance, but maybe maybe that's just optimistic of me. Um being an Eagles fan, but yeah. Let me get one last thing before we go. Uh, not that the playoffs are starting tomorrow necessarily, but we're pretty much there. What's your finals prediction? Who do you have making it? Who do you have win? Man, it's a tough year. Uh, I don't like, I, I gotta go, to be honest, I gotta go Bucks. Uh, Bucks Suns and the Suns getting it done. KD like like cementing his legacy. Chris Paul getting a ring, and Booker Booker and KD kind of getting that ring together. Uh, I'll go Suns win. I want to say the Sixers, but I just don't think that like I think Embiid is literally insane, and I don't think we'll ever appreciate him or even be able to say how good like. I think he's having it better than he's better than Shaq ever was in this season. Like that's what I really believe. Embiid is a better basketball player than Shaquille O'Neal without a doubt. Um, he's so skilled. He's just so skilled. But the bench stinks, and like 
it's not a complete thought. And like Maury's proven, I think, to be a great GM of like getting us the big deal done. But like his like team building and like the pieces around and the bench, I just think kind of suck. And Doc isn't the best. And I, I hope I'm wrong and they they win it, but it I, I just like I, I can't trust them. So I got and I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna go the Bucks. Uh the Bucks get it done. Just a more complete team. Um, yeah. Or the Bucks get it done yeah. to beat the Sixers and go to the finals, but the Suns get it done. First, I'd like to say Shaq's better than Embiid. And then I I think the Celtics finally get it done this year. What's what's Shaq it. better at than Embiid before you get it before he's going? Just dominance. I mean, there was yeah, I don't think he got it. That's he got it done when it mattered. What is Embiid done? Yeah, on a on a regular season game on Tuesday night, a nationally televised game. Shaq had Kobe Bryant, dude. Come on. He never did it on his own. He carried who he carried. Oh boy. All right, all right. I'm just this season. Legendary stuff from MB. Go great, ahead, go he's on. playing great. He's playing great. Let's he's not get tied. Down. We don't get. We won't get tied down in that. Go ahead. A lot better than I thought he would. But I, I think Celtics end up winning it. As crazy as it sounds, I think it's a repeat. I think the Warriors slip in, but I think by the time they get to the finals, they're banged up, out of gas, and I think the Celtics get them this year. Yeah, I mean that's an easy. I like that. I think. uh the C's could absolutely do it, man. Tatum is Tatum's awesome. He might be um, curious to see though. Like, remember, like he he looked great last year and then kind of disappeared. So uh, that's what that's what kind of why we play. What would they they play the games for? You know, I think this could be the the wildest year though in that we've seen. Like similar to the NCAA tournament, like you never know. There there could be like any team could. It could be the Kings this year. It could be. It could be Kings and a, a non-top three seed from the East. Like I could easily see that happening. That'd uh, be awesome. I, I like. I, I don't think there's a guaranteed matchup um, on either side. So it would be a great playoffs for sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. We'll definitely talk a lot more about that. Maybe next week we'll make the NBA playoff episode. But with that, I think that does it for episode 14 here. Thank you for listening. Have a great night.